good heavens, it's Peggy Carter here. Today, we're talking about the final episode in the What If series. Let's just get into it. Blimey, bloody bollocks. It's the Infinity Watch Podcast. My gosh. I'm so excited to announce on our season two, 36th episode of the Infinity Watch podcast, that we have Haley Atwell here as our co host. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the podcast. My name is Tommy, and I'm here with my very frighteningly, I don't know, I don't even know what to call this. The, the whole voice is just terrifying to me. Yeah. Uh, but my That's terrifyingly fair. British co host, Eric. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out that the line "blimey bloody bollocks" is a real line from that episode. <laughs> I don't know why they insist on giving this character the worst lines in the MCU consistently, uh, but they do. That is real. I did not you know, make that up. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I never, I never really think about like, uh, you know, if you say certain things in certain accents, people consider it racist and whatnot. I've never once thought of a single like British thing that could really be racist, but <laughs> saying "blimey, bloody bollocks" in a British <laughs> accent seems so caricaturesque. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even funny. It really does. Like, there's no that has ne- that those three words back to back to back have never been said ever before outside of that television show. Basically, they're like, what are the most ridiculous British words we can combine to make (laughs) it sound like some catchphrase? It's so offensive. I don't know why. I don't know why Haley did not just say, hey, I am uh, I'm not doing this. Why don't you get a single British writer to write British dialogue? You American pigs. Anyways, I mean, uh, I'm still upset just by the good heavens. Yeah. It's so like, stupid. Oh my gosh. It's so stupid. It's really, really bad. But all uh, of that aside, welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. We are in episode 36. We are here to talk about the very last episode of season one of Marvel's What If, titled What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? Mm. Who is the Watcher making his oath to? That's my question. I mean, is it yeah. just like the Watcher Society? I mean,. Yeah, because in universe we we know there are multiple watchers, but in this show it seems like there's only one. So I wonder if they'll expand upon that in season two of this show. Well, that whole concept to me sounds super interesting. So I'm going to assume they won't touch it with a ten foot <laughs> yeah, pole. Probably not. So we will see how both of us think about this final episode of the mm, first season. Yes, we will. But first, we have to talk about Marvel news. We have to talk about. No Time to Die. Yeah, that's right. All right. So let's jump into this. Okay. And I'm going to save part of my uh, story for the end under my recommendations, but I will talk about No Time to Die, and, and I'll tell you what I thought of the whole thing. Yeah. Um. So saw this saw this Thursday night. Uh, went to... <laughs> this. The whole day was crazy. Um, turns out the movie theater I go to... Um, 
their emails always go to my spam folder. And so I totally deleted my tickets. <laughs> oh, um, my God. And so, you know, before the movie, I'm looking around in my email. I couldn't remember what the time was. I thought I was at like 7.20. The show ended up being at 7.35. And I was like, oh, my God, did I not buy tickets? Like, did I just like go to the website and not finish? And then I had to like go through my credit card statements to find <laughs> find the charge and realize that I did buy tickets. And then I had to go up there early and then like go to the concession stand because like the box office, quote unquote, is closed because of COVID. Um, and so it was a whole adventure just getting the tickets. Um, so got that all sorted out. Uh, my fiance, Amelia and I, we went to the movie theater and then, OK, this movie is like two hours and 45 minutes long. I will say, like, the pacing throughout the movie is really good. It doesn't really slow down a whole bunch. It's It okay. keeps you going. It's not, like, boring in the middle. But they had, like, a half hour of credits before the movie started. But, like, the credits started, like, the trailers and everything, they started, like, around the time of the showtime. And oh. so, like, we were there around 7.30, and then the credits went, like, all the way till 8. And so, like, you're sitting in those chairs for over three hours watching this movie and the trailers that start like at the showtime. It was ridiculous. Um, and so I hated that. Um, and so did my fiance, Amelia. We we're just like, uh, can this movie start please? Um, <laughs> and so the movie opens up at the beginning of every James Bond movie. There's like the gun barrel sequence, right? Where like the little white ball goes across the screen. Oh yeah. For some reason in this one, it's like the first one that doesn't have blood drip down the screen. Oh, did you take that as a sign of some kind or just, you know, I was kind of wondering that I, after watching the movie, I'm not sure why they made that choice per se. Um, I think maybe there could be an indication. Um, I guess, should I say that this is a hundred percent spoilers? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the one thing, okay. The spoilers. So if you want to watch this movie, better leave. James Bond dies in this movie. Oh, wow. So maybe it didn't bleed because usually the bleeding is because James Bond shoots his gun and then the guy shooting at him is dead. But this time James Bond dies at the end. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. Who knows? Wow. That is so. OK, I have many questions. Is it like. He, did he for sure really definitively die, or is it like a like a Dark Knight Rises kind of death? <laughs> the joke on the internet was like I was half expecting an after credit scene, you know, with James Bond having uh, coffee in in Italy or whatever with Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's my first thought. But like he was shot sev- several times at the end. And then you see him standing like on the layer, the evil layer, and a bunch of rockets from the the British Navy come raining down on him. So, Damn, so he gets killed by his own people. Yeah, I mean it's it's because he basically told them to fire fire the um, fire the rockets at, okay. at the base to stop um, the whole evil plan from happening. So I'll walk through that really quick and explain all that. So. I would say overall the movie it was it looked beautiful. I thought the score was great cuz the score the score in the movie itself had several homages to old James Bond movies. A lot of them that probably went over most people's heads cuz I think a lot of people have only seen like Pierce Brosnan and then Daniel Craig stuff like this. Um this movie 
had several homages to the James Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which happens to be my favorite one. Okay. Um, musical cues. The end, Did it have the a end, slide whistle? This is very important. Oh, God. Thank God. <laughs> thank God it didn't. <laughs> I'm actually impressed that you know about that. That is like the one classic Bond thing that I know of, the, the flippy car jump and the, and the slide whistle. Then that is like the greatest thing I've ever uh, seen or heard of in my entire <laughs> life. The, for those that don't know that, there's a car chase scene in The Man with the Golden Gun. It's a Roger Moore movie from the 70s. And they do like a complete like jump with this car that does a like a 360 degree spin in the air and then lands on another ramp. And the stunt is real. Like they did this actual stunt. It's one of the coolest car stunts you'll ever see in a movie. And they ruin the entire scene by once the car goes up in the air, you hear a slide whistle and it goes, whoop, whoop. and it's, it takes this really cool scene and just makes it's it sound so, so stupid. So thankfully, no slide whistles. But um, yeah, there was musical cues throughout the film paying homage to this 1969 movie. And then the end credit song is actually a song that was written by, uh, written and performed by Louis Armstrong. Uh, that was from that movie as well. And so like they oh. were paying heavy homage to this this movie, which was great. And I thought Hans Zimmer did a really good job. Um, but, you know, it, throughout the movie, lots of nice homages. You see Jamaica. You see all these different places across the world. Um, the whole story is basically um, the British government was paying um, – a secret laboratory to create like oh, nanites that would go laboratory. Like, laboratory. I, I didn't realize I was podcasting with Dexter over here. <laughs> okay. Laboratory. I've been watching too many foreign films apparently. Um, I love it. So this lab was producing like nanites that could like target DNA, and then the lab got like infiltrated by uh, Rami Malek's Freddie Mercury. Um, <laughs> what a what a cameo! Yeah, he's like, I'm done singing. I'm gonna become an evil mastermind. Um, and he basically has like his own organization, and he starts like he somehow is controlling this this doctor or paying this doctor that works in the lab, and they use like these nanites with this DNA to just like target kill people. Um, and so like if these nanites are on like someone's hand. You can program them to basically like be lethal to a certain set of DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, so this bad guy uses these nanites to kill out the evil organization Spectre, which is like James Bond's arch nemesis. And so all those guys are dead. And then he's going to use these nanites then to like kill certain certain parts of people throughout the world. That was the part I didn't like is that like the third act it was just like, what is he trying to do and why is he trying to do it? Like, who does he want to kill and why? It was a little bit ambiguous. And I also get the feeling that they recut it a little bit because of the pandemic. And this was like a biological like disease type oh, you know, weapon. That's dumb. Yeah. And so I get the idea that that kind of happened. Um, but like, for example, like if you wanted to kill like a certain like family line, like you could make it. So anyone with like those genes, that DNA from that family, if, if these nanites came in contact with them, they, they would just instantly die. Um, and so you could target it that way. And so I don't want to make this too long, but at the end, 
they're on this base and James Bond is fighting through this base and they're ready to basically like move these nanites out and it's going to cause like devastation throughout the world and kill a bunch of people. And so he tells the British Navy to like shoot and blow up this base. He has like a final shootout. Turns out James Bond is in love in this movie and he has a child that he didn't know about, oh. which is the most realistic thing in any James Bond movie, having a child he doesn't know about. Um, <laughs> True. Because this carries over a Bond girl from the last movie, basically. Um, and what ends up happening at the end is before James Bond kills Freddie Mercury, um, he basically, Freddie Mercury infects him with these nanites that would basically, if he comes into contact with uh, essentially what his wife is, you know, they're not married, but essentially his wife and his kid, then they would both die. And so he's like, well, like, I, you know, I don't really want to like deal with this anymore. And so like he, he keeps like these bay doors open so that they'll blow up this base. Uh, but he doesn't make it out in time. And he's just like, okay. And then he dies, you know, for the most part, but he has like wow. this really nice heartfelt talk with like this woman he loves and everything. And it was like, it made me cry. I legit cried at the end. So, wow. But, Did- yeah, it was interesting. But was it good, though? Like, did you like it? See, I need to watch it again, because I think first viewing, I'm at a 005 out of 007. Oh, I like that. Okay. I think if I watched it a couple more times, I'd be at a 004, because I do whole numbers for that one as well. Okay. Um, I thought the first acts were really good. Um, There was just a lot happening. Yeah, I, I think the third act kind of struggled a little bit, but like there was some really good action. There was like this one shot sequence where he's going up a stairwell, just fucking taking dudes out. And it was very like Daredevil esque. Okay. And I really liked that. Um, I thought the production design of the whole movie was really good. Um, there was like a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, and so I liked all that. I liked the homages to all the old James Bond movies. I thought they did right in this movie what they tried to do inspector and failed to do um but the story still wasn't quite where i wanted it to be i don't think it just felt like in a james bond movie i don't need that much explanation as to why they're doing things usually it's like world dominance money power you know yeah but this one i was like why (laughs) like who is he trying to kill like, is it just like, because because the bad guy, his family was killed by Spectre. His entire family was killed by them. They were like working on, you know, the this kind of nanite thing. His his father had like a garden that he called his death garden, which is from the James Bond books, um, where like the evil villain had like this death garden that he would just grow all these flowers that would basically that had the the possibility to kill people, which is like in real life, those flowers exist. Um, and so they were using all this technology and stuff to build these, these weapons and stuff like that, but it it wasn't quite clear what he wanted to do. And that bothered me a little bit. So it wasn't just that he just wanted to kill everybody inspector or was it? No, because he actually kills everybody inspector at the beginning. Uh, we find out the leader of specter was, was put in, in prison in the last movie. And we find out that he has actually had this bionic eye and they bring around this bionic eye, and he's able to actually attend Spectre events still, basically. It sounds really silly, but it actually kind of worked in the movie. Okay. Um, and so 
James Bond meets up with Ana de Armas, who's gorgeous in this movie, uh, at the Spectre event. And we find out the whole point of the Spectre event was actually a trap for James Bond and that they were going to release these nanites because Spectre thought that this scientist guy was working for them instead of Freddie Mercury. And so, like, they release this gas and everyone at the Spectre event was supposed to be fine. And then James Bond was supposed to die. And that was the whole event. And he was supposed to be watching this from this bionic eye in prison. But what ends up happening is James Bond is like the only one that survives for the most part. And every Spectre agent dies. Wow. And that was kind of cool, actually, to watch. Yeah. I'm assuming James Bond survived through, like, his own survival skills, not through the fuck up of the... I mean... The the he survives because the gas wasn't targeting his DNA anymore. It basically, okay. he only survives because Freddie Mercury's scientist fucked with it and made Spectre believe that he was working for them. Ah, when he wasn't. I understand. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So he got lucky in that aspect, but then like him and Ana de Armas have to like fight their way out of this place because there's still like a bunch of goons around, right? Uh, essentially. So why? I guess why isn't that like? good <laughs> like is like what did he want to do past killing all of specter so he has like this base and so the villain of this movie his name is Safin. the entire movie you are led to believe that he is a new version of dr no which is the first james bond movie from 1962 he looks like dr no um he has a base that looks exactly like dr no all the villains are wearing clothes that look like Dr. No. He wears a no mask, an NOH mask, which is is from like Japanese culture. Like everything is pointing at Dr. No, but he's not Dr. No, which is weird um, <laughs> and frustrating for me. Yeah. And the movie's called No Time to Die. Oh, yeah. So what like, the fuck? So the entire time I'm like, sweet, they're going to kind of like reinvent Dr. No. That's really cool. But he wasn't. So he's basically at his base like manufacturing these like nanite things whatever you want to call them that he can use to basically attack the world at will and supposedly there's no way of of getting rid of them he's like the doctor's like once they're on your body you can't do anything about them and the entire time i'm thinking like what about it like an emp like these are technically like mechanical things right like so the whole point is like once you get it you can't get rid of it and so the implication from my perspective is that like he could say i want all italians dead and could do it you know what i mean yeah if they come into contact with these nanites whatever you want it could be a family thing it could be a race thing it could be anything but did he have i guess maybe this is what you were saying like did he have any ambitions to do that I think the the really the ambition was just to sell it to the highest bidder. Right. So just to, use, to war profiteer, basically. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There was like there was I think like Russians or something coming to get. I don't know if they said they they were Russians because his island was between Japan and Russia, um, a disputed island between Japan and Russia. Okay. Um, and then there's guys coming to like buy the buy this like virus, whatever you want to call it, from them. Um, but the navy was waiting by you know since james bond was there and he was basically like you need to blow this place to hell and he had 8 minutes and then the blast doors needed to be open so that the that the rockets would come in and actually destroy all this stuff and then as he's trying to escape he would have had enough time but the blast doors close he has to go all the way back up he has a final shootout with the villain he gets infected with the nanites that would basically kill madeline and her child 
and then he opens the blast doors and then is just like sitting uh, on the top as he like he gets like rained down by missiles at the very end and he dies after like having a conversation with Madeline. Um and so it was like really well done yeah. from that perspective. Yeah, that sounds but, cool. Um I definitely need to see it again. It, it was there was a lot of stuff in this movie that I'm not even including in this because because it's not enough time, but um I think it it was a very beautiful movie. It's it probably it's probably my third favorite from him, is my guess. It'd probably be like Casino Royale, Skyfall, this, then Quantum of Solace and Spectre. Okay. I think that's where I'm at at this point. Um, but definitely better than Spectre, which is good because I don't know how you can make a worse movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, know. really I know don't, like Spectre. don't like that one. Yeah, that movie was all all on the surface. But it was beautifully directed. You know, I thought it was very good. At the very end of the credits, it says James Bond will return. So now at this point, oh. the big question is, how will that, you know, each actor, are they just going to kind of do their own continuity now, you know, and, and not have to have like kind of the bondage of what the last actor did? Um, or is it going to be like a in the 60s kind of thing? You know, who knows? Do you um, think there's any chance at all? Because I know that, like, I get the sense that, like, James Bond movies try to, they stay within the realm of realism, kind of, but it's all, like, technology that, like, is is outside the, like, you couldn't do that. They're um, always trying to do like some cutting edge stuff. Yeah, that's like future looking. So, do you think with all the hype, all this hype right now, with like time jumping and universes and shit, do you think James Bond is gonna go for it and do oh so? Gosh. Do like fuck? What's is is Q the gadget guy? Yeah, Q, Q just comes up. It's like you're never gonna believe it. I found another universe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would I would just roll over and die. <laughs> they actually make Q gay in this movie, which was kind of cool. Okay. He was like preparing to have a date and he's like, Yeah, he's coming over. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Um Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh you know, in Skyfall, there's a character at the end that was originally written to be Sean Connery playing him. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like they've teased that idea of like bringing a Bond back and stuff like that. I really think, uh, I don't know, they went Jason Bourne with with Daniel Craig for sure. And his stories are much more connected than the last, uh, the last like 20 of them are. Um, you know, the other James Bond movies have very little bits in them that you're like, yeah, this is the same guy. Uh, but it's very, very small, and it's kind of just like a little nod. Whereas these movies were very serialized in a sense, even if it wasn't planned that way from the beginning, um, always. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they go uh, in the future. Do you have a front runner for who you want to see as uh, James Bond? I really hope it's just someone I have no idea anything about them. That's my that's okay. my goal right now. Unknown. Yeah, it, it it just works better that way. Everyone everyone has a million names of, you know, 
Tom Tom Hardy and Idris Elba is a big oh one. Oh my god! If I hear Idris Elba one more time, <laughs> dude, dude I, is so old. What? I feel like he'd be amazing though. No, they need like a young guy. Idris Elba is how old? Let's see, fifty, forty nine, something like that. They need someone yeah, in their thirties. You can still beat anybody's ass though. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, that's for sure. I, I think Idris Elba is a great, great actor. It's just he's not James Bond. Okay. I really, You know, I don't even really mind. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this. James Bond shouldn't be a woman. And I feel like James Bond should probably always be like a white British man with like dark hair. It just it's I don't know. There's been so much history Interesting. there. Like they really might get some hate for that. What's that? Oh, I probably will. You know, I just like. I I don't mind when like uh when all that stuff is switched for certain characters and stuff like that. I think it's fine, but like when a character is so well defined as like looking a certain way and having like a certain heritage and like ethnicity, I'm like, why don't we just like write new stuff? Like why do we have to like I feel like it's cheap almost. Like if you make James Bond a woman, like I feel like it's like a cop out for the sake of uh, you know, being more inclusive maybe i don't know what word you want to use there where it's like there's like a million cool stories you could write uh you know for characters like that rather than just like just be like hey let's just slot them into this movie because then people will think it's like future looking and cool so here's my argument against that i think that th- that argument would hold a lot more water like 15 years ago i think now you can like there are going to be no more like genre defining characters ever again in our lifetimes i think like the ones that exist now are it i i really don't think just the way that like movies are being made like we couldn't have a new a newly created female heroine at this point anymore because it just wouldn't have like people wouldn't care like like it, they they would need to have the cachet of like a name that people had already heard and i would say that like isn't 30 years more i guess whenever depending on whatever the novels were like isn't that enough of a dark-haired white british guy perturb- like being being those this books character? are like 70 years old if not more wow that's insane Casino Royale, the book, was written in uh, 1953. Jesus. They're old. That They're is very, old as very fuck. Old. Yeah. But, but yeah, I would say, like, isn't that, like, what more, how more interesting could you possibly, I mean, there's been a million movies and a million books. It's like, white dude's gonna white dude. <laughs> like... How much more do kind of like, you, possibly... you know, the, the old James Bond movies, some of the characters, you know, like uh, Pussy Galore and stuff like that. I, if James <laughs> Bond was a woman, I, I kind of like what, what would the name be? It'd be like, hello, my name is Phallus Orealis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice to meet you, James Bond, the woman Phallus. I want I want to see that. I want to see that. What would be another good one? It'd be like. Uh, my name is Cox McGilligutty. 
I mean, we already get, like, people already have, miraculously in this world, there are people walking around with the first name of Dick. So, so that's, like, ready-made. Deep. Testy's deep. (laughs) So I'm totally fine with James Bond being a woman if I could just be on the committee of writing the the Bond (laughs) guy names. Yeah. The Bond boys. Yeah, I fucking love that. Oh my gosh, that's all I can think about now in my brain right now. <laughs> Ooh, let's see, what is uh, <laughs> my last name? <laughs> the name's my nipples. <laughs> Twixt my nipples. Oh my god. All right, I'm done. I'll be thinking about that all day now. <laughs> last name, my nipples. My nipples. <laughs> Twixt my nipples. Amazing. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think I, they should do it. I will say my one wish for James Bond in the future, because I don't like putting too many expectations on it because it can go anywhere, is I would like it to be a little more um, lighthearted in some senses. I feel like it really got serious, and I feel like you need to balance that a little bit more. Um, okay, that's fair. I think all the past James Bond actors had a little bit more. Uh, lightness to it you know they had their moments that were serious but like you need to have a few more jokes a few more slide uh, whistles yes yes (laughs) exactly you nailed it you nailed it so you know it's just like some some of it's silly and i really like the roger moore movies and a lot of people don't like those that are more modern watchers because like they're very campy Um, yeah but it's like it's just supposed to be fun you know not everything has to be like doom gloom like even when the guys were trying to take over the world you're just like yeah, I know he's going to fail. Right. You know, it's just like a fun ride, kind of like the new Mission Impossible movies are. Yeah, those are, I've like, heard those are very good, but I've not seen them. Yeah, I mean, I do not like Tom Cruise at all, but like those movies are fun. Yeah. I, and they're ridiculous in every way. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it's just like magical face mask on magical face mask on magical face mask. <laughs> yeah, um, basically anything that CGI can allow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, I think they would be more interesting to me if they were le- like a lot less action oriented and more like heisty. Like, like I don't think when I think spy, I want espionage, man. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Like a spy is not a soldier, and I feel like this yes. James Bond is a soldier, and it's yeah, like it's it's more action for sure. Yeah. But I, My favorite James Bond movies are all more of the Cold War espionage ones, which I think is what you're saying. Right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Which so which movie, which actor would the, that be? Pierce Brosnan. Um. So Pierce Brosnan was the first actor to be in the non Cold War era. Oh, okay. Um. Technically, so if you want to watch a really good James Bond movie that's more espionage, you could pick a few of them. Uh, well, obviously, my favorite James Bond movie is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's like the first James Bond movie to show James Bond having like an emotional depth to him. And it is also Christopher Nolan's favorite James Bond movie. I always say that as a caveat because um, he ins- he takes a lot of inspiration from James Bond movies in his movies. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite. But that's George Lazenby. He was only in one movie. Um, Sean Connery's From Russia With Love. Strong espionage movie. Really good. Um Roger Moore, his are more campy, but if you had to choose one, you'd go The Spy Who Loved Me. That's like, that's one of the big, like, this is a James Bond movie uh, 
type movies. Like people usually say Goldfinger, Roger Moore's is the spy who loved me for sure. It's definitely a little bit campy. I wouldn't say that's like super espionage, but the two I would choose would probably be, oh, you know what? I lied. Three espionage movies. You got Sean Connery from Russia with Love, Roger Moore for her eyes only, for your eyes only, sorry. And Timothy Dalton, The Living Daylights. Those are like the three best espionage movies from James Bond. Okay. Definitely the the first and third one there are more espionage. The Roger Moore one is a little bit campy at times, but I really love that movie. It's good. And um, all of those are based off of novels uh, that were written by Ian Fleming. Do you think the movies based on the novels tend to be better or no? Or, or yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a few of them in there. It's funny, like Moonraker is a novel, but the movie bears no resemblance to it. Um, and the same goes for The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, those are both named after the novels, but they never uh, adapted them you know, from the novel, which is interesting because Moonraker is the best James Bond book, in my opinion. Um, but they kind of, in, in later movies, kind of adapted those a little bit. But obviously for Pierce Brosnan, like GoldenEye has a lot of Cold War era stuff in it. Um, that's the one by him I watched the most. But yeah, really from Russia with Love and The Living Daylights, I would say, um, if you want to dip your feet in, um, just really, really good movies. Nice. So boom, no time to die. There you go. I love it. Go check it out. Yeah, it seems like it's doing well at the box office. And I will have something to say in my recommendations about this movie as well. Ooh. At least my movie experience. So. All right. Um, let's see. Let's jump right into the news. All right. At this point. So I got to talk about the most important thing that happened this week. Oh, boy. A WandaVision spinoff oh, yeah. is in the works at Disney Plus, starring Katherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness. News we all wanted to hear. <laughs> I guess. Oh, boy. Here we go. This is being reported by Variety. She's going to be back as Agatha Harkness. It's in development. Disney Plus, they're like, hey, you want to like, I feel like this is this is my thought here. Bob Chappick is like, hey. Kev, we need just whatever characters. Just give me a list, and we'll just make shows for all of them. Yeah, right. I feel like that's basically the conversation that happened because we're just getting a million Disney Plus shows at this point. Um, and I, you know, I don't really understand the business model of this. I would love to get like uh, an explanation of like how these make so much money and how they just like, keep pulling people into the service. There's got to be a great like a great business plan type thing to explain all this. Cause these gotta be pretty expensive, but apparently they make a shit ton of money by just keeping people subscribed, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You would I think. find it really interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like Netflix makes like billions, right? And they've been, they've been spending hundreds of millions on content for many years now. So I guess it, uh, they're also in massive debt. I mean, they've always been a massive. Debt. Yeah, but, but yeah, that's, I, mean, I think I think so. I listen to a couple business podcasts, and and there's and one of them makes this joke that I've come to really start believing is not a joke. That in the public sphere and on Wall Street, I really feel like the perception is if you're if you're a business and you're profitable, 
you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> like, you, right. you, it's almost like it's better to not be profitable currently. Um, because you're reinvesting all of these funds into, in Netflix and Disney Plus's case, more content, more content, more content. So I don't know if that is something that is going to be able to last forever, but it sure seems like it's going to la- be able to last for a while. It lasts as long as someone's willing to loan you money. Yeah, which I guess is uh, forever, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, I think at this point, as long as your subscriber numbers are going up, that's really all that matters. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't want to get too much into this because I will get into this too much because I'm a businessy type person and I think about things that way. It's just like I love the idea of like a clearly unsustainable model being used as like the the terms of expectations for growth. Like <laughs> there's only so many people in existence. Yeah. You know, at which point is this going to just not be a thing, you know? Um it's like we're at 7 billion subscribers and, and that's it. <laughs> you know, it's even though that'll never happen, but I just find it really interesting. So super excited to see what happens there. I really liked the episode of WandaVision, the scene where we see Agatha kind of back in the day, uh, you know, during the Salem witch trials. And so um, great character. I really hope that they do it justice. Spinoffs always freak me out, though. Yeah, I mean, I have zero interest in this, but I'll watch it. Uh, oh. But there's got to be better characters. <laughs> like there's oh that, gosh. that's, uh, I mean, this spinoff exists for one reason. And that's because of the Agatha all along song, which I am on record as fucking hating. So I love that song so much. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I feel like this will likely not be my thing, but whatever. <laughs> so, Eric, what is going to be the title of her show? It's going to be Agatha all along. Uh, I don't think they'll go. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe it'll just be Agatha. I don't, Could be. Yeah, wouldn't be bad. Whatever they do, it'll be fine. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think it, um, I don't think it'll be Agatha all along. I, I don't see how. Why make that the title just to have to write a story to make that make sense again? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I, I just, you know, regardless of whatever anyone feels about WandaVision, I thought it, it had a good start and a good end, uh, you know, like in terms of story. You know, it it it, it satisfied all the story requirements. And so I, I'm always a little bit worried when they try to go beyond that. I feel the same way about Loki. You know, I feel like we started somewhere, we ended somewhere, and I'm totally fine with both of those places. And the fact that we're getting more, I'm just like, ooh, I hope they don't bleed it dry yeah i think i feel like for me loki had it kind of has like endless possibilities so i'm less worried about loki um just because i feel like they can go anywhere and by virtue of like what that show is like they can go anywhere and do anything um and it, either they can decide to have it affect the overall multiverse or not. And it, either way, it would totally make sense, I feel like. so. Right, right, right. So I feel like that's, uh, that's less scary to me. But, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, I'm interested to see what the storyline is going to be for, for old Agatha. Yeah, once we know, we'll talk about it, that's yeah. for sure. All right, I want to play a little game here. Okay. That's called, I just... I don't know it for a fact. I just know it's true. Okay. <laughs> All right. And that is it's quite the name for a game. 
I don't know it. I don't know it for a fact. I just know it's true. And I don't know for a fact, but I know John Bernthal is coming back as the Punisher. <laughs> okay. And that's because he got interviewed by Forbes this past week. And the title of the article is Frank Castle is in my bones. <laughs> and if that is not like just the most burning, you know, indication that he has gotten the call from our Lord and Savior, Ken, Kevin Feige, I don't know what is. So, you know, he said he was asked, um, <laughs> as anxious he was to play Frank Castle again, there are certain character elements uh, he wouldn't want to say goodbye to. He says, as far as going on in the future, it's a character that I, I feel like I have sort of in my bones and in my heart. I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity and what sort of happens in the future isn't about whether they want to do it or not again. I don't really prescribe anything to those kinds of decisions. It's about if they do it, are we going to be able to do it right? Is it going to be dark enough? Is it going to be gritty enough? Are we going to give the fans and the folks that this character means so much to, are we going to give them what they deserve? And if the answer is yes, man, oh man, I would love that. So I think with the news that I'm about to say after this, it just, these characters are coming back with the exception of Finn Jones and maybe the cage. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm less convinced, but what's the new, what's the next piece of news that you got? Disney Plus's Echo series is rumored to be akin to Daredevil season four with most of the Netflix shows cast expected to return. Hmm. Okay. So according to Daniel RPK, outside of the fact that the man without fear is being slated to show up in Spider-Man No Way Home and the She-Hulk series, he is saying that Echo, this is still very much Echo show, but that we're going to get what it feels like Daredevil season four, because we'll get to see all these characters from that show coming back and play big parts in it. Echo's still the lead and it's her show though. Um, the characters will be somewhat soft rebooted into the MCU, but will still have a history with one another. So they'll look somewhat different with different backgrounds, but still played by the same actors. Yeah. I just feel like if this was going to happen, like why the secrecy? Like, cause people would be so hyped if they're, and I guess maybe, maybe they're waiting for like, the second Spider-Man trailer when all will be revealed. Uh, but I don't know. It just seems like there's leak after leak, after leak, after leak, after leak of like this crazy shit that's going to be happening. And I feel like, ah, uh, I just don't want to be burned, man. I just don't oh, want to yeah. be I mean, burned like, again. There's like Spider-Man already is just, like so many hype worthy elements yeah if they're all true and so it's kind of i don't know it, it's wild i feel like i feel like it this is like uh like swiss cheese news here where it's this stuff is just falling through it all over the place <laughs> um it's weird i don't know i don't know what to think personally i hope all this is true i think i think it would be good let's just soft reboot it we don't i just i feel like every time we start at at square one again it just takes so long to kind of get that ball rolling and with this type of stuff i'm like let's just throw them in you know let's just make it happen and i hope i i just 
Do you see a situation in which like Daredevil and Charlie Cox just don't show up at all in the MCU? Because I feel like at this point that there's no way that can happen. Oh no! What? Oh, you cut out. You're back. You cut out. <laughs> oh shit! What was the last thing you heard me say? You said, "Do you see a situation in which Daredevil and Charlie Cox don't show up in the MCU?" Right. Okay. Yeah, that was the last thing I said. Um, it's just like it just seems. I know, like I never should take anything as a certain thing, right? It's like, have you ever been surprised before? I get it. I just everything is pointing towards this. Yeah, and it would seem crazy for everyone to be so wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I feel there's no situation in which Daredevil does not show up in the MCU again. But is it going to happen this soon? Is it going to be Charlie Cox? I don't know. I'm less convinced. Also, what is people's obsession? Charlie Cox is at best fine. Like, why is everybody so obsessed with this particular actor being Matt Murdock again? Like... I feel like he's a really good Matt Murdock. I'm still waiting for like a really good Daredevil. Um, but yeah, I agree. You know, doesn't I'm not like sold on Charlie Cox. I just want Daredevil. That's really all I want. I could yeah. have Ben Affleck in there and I'd be happy. Yeah, well. for sure. Yeah, I, I, I just. He plays a really good blind guy. I'll say that. Tr- yeah, I guess. But uh, but also it's like <laughs> cast a blind guy, maybe like I don't. I don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I just don't know. Imagine, something... Can you imagine a blind actor trying to do action sequences? That'd be interesting. But I mean, there are stunt doubles anyways. Like, it wouldn't matter. I I just, I don't know. I, there's just something about this that, like, I just don't believe. It's, it just, it, it, I, it seems, it seems Mephisto-y to me. Ooh, I mean, Ooh, dropping the M word. It does. It's like everybody seems so convinced and there's zero real evidence. And it's like, well, hopefully, know. you know, we have. Just a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, we, we do. Are, we'll find we are out recording soon. this on October 10th right now. And um, we have basically two and a half months maybe less depending on trailers to find out whether this is true um and so we won't have to wait long i mean do you remember back in the day when we got rumors that a planet hulk type situation was happening and that ended up being thor ragnarok that was like years years we had to wait to find out that that was true um yeah but even these that, rumors you know. even that i would argue is like thor ragnarok is not planet hulk like it's like ten percent Planet Hulk, and and I feel like if people are throwing these rumors out, like oh, it's gonna be Planet Hulk, no, it's not, and it wasn't. But then retrospectively, it's like, well, it kind of was. So sure, that rumor was kind of true, I guess. But it's like, was it really? I would argue probably not. I, I like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess like from my perspective, it's like they're like, hey, like Hulk's gonna be in a gladiatorial position on the planet Sakar which is basically like the high level synopsis of planet Hulk. And so it's like, of course they'd be like, yeah, that's planet Hulk happening because it's on Zakaar and he's going to be fighting people in, right. a, in a gladiatorial arena. And so it's like, from that perspective, that's true. And, and that happened. And he had his character design from that book. 
Um, and so it's like from this, it's like, okay, well, Daredevil's going to be in it, or at least Matt Murdock's going to be in it. And now he's supposed to be in like four things. And now they're saying Wilson Fisk is going to be back. It's just like, there's way too much fucking smoke. So yeah. someone's coming back. And clearly the rumors are out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I go back and forth on whether or not I believe it or not. But today, I don't think I believe it. <laughs> today is just a non Daredevil day. Well, yeah. I'm 100% on the Daredevil train. I think at the very least, Matt Murdock's back. And if Matt Murdock's back, that means Daredevil's back. That's that's how I think about it, at least. All right. There's no way in which you're like, hey, we just want you to play the blind lawyer. So we'll see. And Echo's getting a show. And it's just, I don't know. Echo's a Daredevil character. So we'll see. But let's move on. Um, I thought this was interesting. I just wanted to, I just wanted to read this article uh, title. Just because I think it is kind of along the lines of things that we find wrong with Hollywood. However, I didn't realize Paul Rudd was in this film. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, apparently, there was uh, a review by... Uh, who was it? I think it was Empire or something like that. Um, it says, Ghostbusters Afterlife reviews hailed the movie as, quote, one of the best sequels in recent memory. I what mean, is that? What does that even mean? Recent nothing. memory? It means I mean, literally nothing. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what I had for lunch last week. Oh, my God. But I didn't realize Paul Rudd was in this movie. I, don't, I guess yeah. I don't have that much of a... Uh, I don't have that much love for Ghostbusters. I mean, it's a good, good movie. Yeah. I, yeah I'm, like, I'm in the same boat. It's fine. I'm not, like, dying to see some more... Um, but I guess it has uh, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I mean. It's out, like people are like seeing this movie already. Let's see. When does it come out? Ghostbusters. It all depends on like how they do the embargoes with the press and all this stuff. The release date for this, November 19th. But it, it, it released at CinemaCon on August 23rd. That is infuriating. I wish they would stop doing that. Yeah, me too. Oh my god, that's so dumb. I just don't like when any movie is released in different times. Yeah, like James Bond was released overseas a week before, and so spoilers were just all over the place uh, online. It's just like, why? This is twenty twenty one. Isn't Dune already out overseas? Dune's been out for weeks. That is disgusting. Weeks. That's so stupid. Yeah, and so it's just I I don't. It's, it's so silly. It's really really silly. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, people have been seeing it for almost two months now. Um, but I guess some people like it, so we'll see what it does. We'll see what it does. Yeah. I I thought this was an interesting article too. It says, uh, X-Men producer Simon Kinberg was not told that Quicksilver would be in WandaVision. Uh, next up in the news, I also was not told. You know, I I don't know why... (laughs) I don't know. He, he's not attached to any of these things. So I don't know why he would have been told. He said, right. I did not know it was going to happen in advance, actually, which was wild. I didn't even see it in real time. I was late to it by a day or two. But obviously, I have Twitter, and I also have two sons who are hardcore X-Men and Marvel fans, and they saw it, and they immediately texted me, Dad, did you see? And I was like, no, I haven't seen the episode. Thanks for spoiling it. <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't really Quicksilver, though, so... It was Ralph fucking Boner. Ralph Boner. So, 
It's the dude named Ralph Boner. Eric's greatest disappointment in oh life. Oh my god. Ralph <laughs> Boner. Um Eric, yeah. you might be happy about this one though. I'm not okay. sure how reliable it is. Okay. There is a Marvel India account. Oh. friends over at Marvel India and they released on Twitter they said the universe is getting bigger and they released a Marvel Studios India release late tweet that has logos of a bunch of movies coming out so they list Eternals in November Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in March of next year Thor Love and Thunder Black Panther Wakanda Forever and then on October 7th of next year Blade Oh yeah Though I think they quickly took it down, so we don't know how uh, we don't know how accurate this is. It's probably not true. I don't know, but it's pretty like legit looking release, and it's from the Marvel India account. And uh, supposedly, Blade is coming out October seventh of next year, so less than a year. Yeah, that would be amazing because I am dying to see that movie. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what an MCU blade movie looks like yeah i hope it's not uh too disney-fied like i hope they take what worked from the original blade movies and yeah i don't know because those were like at times like those were legitimately fucking scary uh and i wonder how much uh like they're also extremely bloody (laughs) and so i feel uh i feel or I wonder, I should say, I wonder how Disney, like how much of that Disney is going to allow. Uh, but we we will see. I hope they allow a lot. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. The best. The best quote. That's how they're going to use their one F-bomb in the MCU. <laughs> Good. It would be worth Amazing. it. Amazing. Um. <laughs> More Disney Plus shows. This article was just saying that Marvel Studios rumored to be developing a Monica Rambo and Ten Rings spinoff for Disney Plus, uh, which the Ten Rings spinoff seemed pretty clear based off the post-credit scene of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, but Monica Rambo, I mean, clearly they were setting her up uh, in WandaVision. She's going to be in the Marvel's movie. So it seems like if that just keeps going in the right direction, that she would have her own show as well. Um, not too shocking to me. Uh, hope it's good though, because it feel, felt like they were really developing her. And then at the end of WandaVision, she kind of was just there, wanted a little bit more from her. Um, but she's supposed to be in the next Captain Marvel sequel. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of that character, uh, but I felt the same. It felt like they had bigger plans for her that they maybe abandoned. Um, but Maybe they'll get to do them in uh, her very own show. So that'd be cool. Yeah, it's definitely like my one complaint about WandaVision is you could tell that last episode, a lot of things had to change. You yeah. can just tell so much had to change. Um, so we'll see. Um, I got some Star Wars rumors here. Is uh, They're saying the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show could arrive before Andor in time for 2022's Star Wars Day on May 4th. Wow. Um, and so Jordan Mason has taken to social media. He's like an insider scoop kind of guy. And he said that there's a possibility that the highly anticipated six part series will arrive before May of next year. Um, the story begins 10 years after the dramatic events of star Wars revenge of the Sith, where Kenobi faced his greatest defeat. 
The downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice Anakin Skywalker turned evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a defeat. I mean, Obi-Wan still has both his arms and legs and Anakin does not. So, And is like the only living Jedi for the most part. Yeah, right. So seems like he's in a pretty good spot. The top comment on this article is just the gift that says a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Yes, true. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that show, and I could not give less of a shit about Andor. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, that one seems really bizarre. I still don't understand that, but uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is a masterpiece. All right, let's move on. Um, let's move on here. <laughs> I thought this was funny. Uh, this is a No Time to Die article. It says, No Time to Die star Daniel Craig says Bond girls no longer exist, at least not while he's around. And he said, No more Bond girls. They don't exist anymore. They may exist again, but not in my movies. And I, I don't I don't know what he's going for here because they totally exist in his movies. I, like, I feel like Bond girl right. is like a, a term, has several different meanings, but like, there are several actresses in his movies that are just like they're like gorgeous women that play a play a role in the movie for a little bit. Either they're helping him or they're like a bad person, whatever. But like, I don't know. I feel like this is just kind of like teeing one up to sound like you're really like PC or something. Yeah, agreed. That I mean, I've never even seen those movies and I <laughs> I know there are Bond girls in them. <laughs> I will say like uh in in uh no time to die. Anna de Armas is in the movie for like fifteen minutes, and she is like the most badass. It's it's the whole scene with her, and it she like steals the show. So cool, nice. Um, but like I would still consider her a Bond girl for sure. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Weird article. Uh, but my last little bit is there's a rumor that has not been debunked by James Gunn, which means it's probably true, in my opinion. Um. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is rumored to feature the actor Will Poulter as Adam Warlock. Um, and you probably won't recognize the name, but you'll recognize this guy's face. He's like the kid from uh, We're the Millers. And he's in he's been in several movies, several, several movies. Um, he was in the Maze Runner films. I think he was in um, what is it called? Shoot. Oh, yeah. I know this guy. Midsummer. He was in Midsummer and the movie Detroit. Um, he's a very like recognizable face, I feel like. But uh, he is rumored right now to play Adam Warlock. Cool. That works so, for yeah. me. I'm excited to see what they do with that character, too. I know a lot of people really wanted to see him in kind of the whole Infinity Saga, but... Yeah, nope, there's, a, there's a big... Uh, kind of easter egg adam warlock easter egg <laughs> literally kind of in in yeah, uh, guardians of the galaxy one one or two i don't remember now but uh it was at the end of the second one the uh what was it uh what's the name of that planet that they're they're building him in uh shit i don't know it was in that last episode of uh what if but you know what i'm saying yeah, I mean, I know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, but I don't, I, again, gun to my head, I cannot tell you the name of that planet at all. 
Shit, I'm, it's going to drive me crazy. The, the Adam Warlock planet. Whatever the Adam Warlock planet is. <laughs> yeah. It's like Axia, something like Axia. I don't know what it is. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> but uh, the Sovereign. Was this called the Sovereign? Was it? I'm pretty sure. All right. Uh, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? <laughs> who gives a shit? Oh, my God. I love that movie so much. So, so much. Um, all right. That's all the news for me for today. Eric, you got anything? Uh, n- uh, yeah, I guess one. If So if anyone like me absolutely fucking hated the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, but you in general like Star Wars and in and specifically like Star Wars novels, apparently there's one coming out that its exclusive purpose is to try to make that movie make sense, which is Dude, why? hilarious why? to me. I mean, they've done this a few times in the past, I think to moderate uh, effect. Um, I mean, they basically made the movie... Uh, the Clone Wars movie make sense with a, like a seven-season television series it's like so so they they do this a lot um but i'll 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 read it uh just because anything to try to make that movie less dumb basically they're they're gonna try to create like a backstory for i think one of the reasons that movie was so dumb is because like we've never even gotten a hint of palpatine still fucking around um and this novel is basically going to be like all of that is like, why was Palpatine on Exegol? What the fuck is the final order army? Like, what is the deal with all of this? How does all this just magically exist with like no, uh, no explanation whatsoever? Um, Do you think they have like a committee that names all the planets? I feel like they're like, we, we got a list here. What what vibe are you going for? <laughs> Exe- Exegol. I'm pretty sure Star Wars has, or LucasArts, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've read that they have employee, like they have a few employees that like their only job is just to know everything about Star Wars and just be like consulted. Um, How the fuck do you get that job? (laughs) By being the biggest nerd imaginable. (laughs) Seriously. Oh my gosh. Um, but uh, I think I think probably the writers themselves name the planets and and but a lot of a lot of the planets like have been named like like uh right and like all the other content that's come out yeah right? yeah um they're just in like some obscure like extended universe novel from thirty years ago Jesus <laughs> and now it's back. I thought it was weird. There was like an article that came out a couple weeks ago where they're like, Blade Runner has two employees that their only job is to keep the timeline like straight. And I'm like, what timeline are we talking about? Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's like pretty like linear understood, like this whole thing. Yeah. And so I thought it was really weird. I was like, what are these two people doing all all day? Yeah, maybe that is what I was thinking of. Maybe, but but I mean, I'm sure Star Wars and Marvel both must have employees oh, yeah. that do the same thing. If fucking Blade Runner needs two, Marvel, yeah, Marvel needs a thousand, like a whole department. <laughs> yeah, whole department worth Shit. for sure. Alrighty, let's jump right into it. Season finale, episode nine of Marvel's What If. 
titled What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? Even though we don't know who he's making an oath to. And I think I actually read an article, because I think I might have said something incorrect one of the previous weeks, where we actually don't know if this is Uatu. They never say he's Uatu, the Watcher, which is kind of the oh. Watcher we know from the comics. So I think technically we don't know that this is Uatu. It's just just some random Watcher dude. Interesting. Um, is it not Uatu in the credits, maybe? Maybe it's not. Let's. I wonder if it says it on here. Owatu is not used in the series because this would imply that there is more than one being watching the series events when instead Bradley, who is the AC Bradley, the executive producer and creator, um, he wanted to focus on the narrative of the watcher, you know, being a singular, the watcher observing different characters and realities and how those affect him. But we already know there's multiple watchers in the MCU. So I think, according to this show, there's just a single watcher watching all of this. And the whole Stanley bit, I don't know. Who knows? That's dumb. I don't like that. Me either. Me either. <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, same same reasons. Same reasons. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I think last week we were kind of, I think, I'd say we're on a bit of a, a what if high a little bit, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. We were feeling pretty good about it. Um and you know what happens after a high? <laughs> Things start going down a little bit. Um, yeah. No, so, okay. So, basically, <laughs> the beginning of this episode, they're like, the Watcher shows up across all these different realities. And it's like, listen, I only have 30 minutes for this episode. We need to form a team. And so, he recruits Doctor Strange Supreme. Good heavens, Captain Carter. <laughs> Star-Lord T'Challa. <laughs> Uh, Party Thor, Killmonger, uh, you know, from, from the Killmonger episode, and then a Gamora variant from an episode that got cut from this season, and maybe we'll see next season. Like, we just, <laughs> you know, they're like, hey, just go with us because we already did the animation. Yeah, pretty much. And I will say, like, I thought that that was the most interesting one out of most of them because it was like there was a Tony Stark in some crazy, like, Sakaran space suit. And then she had apparently killed Thanos in her universe. And I was like, how did we choose this episode as the one to Nyx out of all of the other ones? Right. Because, like, Party Thor? Like, we're choosing Party Thor? Yeah, that's, uh... Captain Carter, even? Shit. I mean, they love Captain Carter. Clearly, they love Captain Carter. Yeah, somebody sure does. <laughs> I'd like to meet him someday and give him a good smacking. And so Uatu's like, we need to form a team, and I picked you, and you're for, you're, the reason you are the people needed for this job is because you have a special set of skills, and those skills are you appeared in all the episodes in this season. It's basically yeah. what it was. Yeah, pretty much. I, yeah, out of all those, like, so, I didn't hate this episode, but so much of it made zero sense. I didn't hate this episode either, but also... This team was basically 95% Doctor Strange Supreme, and then everyone else was just there for sprinkles. Yes. Yes. 100%. so, you know, we've seen this Ultron just fucking destroy everything in a a blink of a second, you know? And so the idea that Captain Carter is even a worthwhile person in this is just mind-blowingly dumb. But... I don't know. Yeah, like, did she even, 
like do anything super like leadery. Because I because what did she she kind of grabbed onto Ultron so that they could infect him with uh, Arnim Zola, so that the you know the bow and arrow shot from Black Widow. Okay, yeah, that's that was uh... My, basically well, in the MCU. If you need someone to make an absolutely perfect bow and arrow shot, it can be anyone, apparently. Yeah. Black Widow is just like, and this this is the first time I'll actually use this term uh, for her and for mostly anyone in the MCU, but the, it was the most Mary Sue moment, where it's just like, now Black Widow can do literally anything. Because this is like Hawkeye's shtick. Like, if, if she yeah. can do that, why is Hawkeye special at all? Right, exactly. She was able to take a shot of a bow and arrow and shoot it at an Ultron that was moving, and she was able to predict the movements that his body would make after Captain Carter jumped on him and get an arrow to stick in his moving eye in a movement that she couldn't predict. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. I thought (laughs) maybe what was even more insane was when she got miraculously thrown into the very building right within feet of the arrow in the first place. It was, all, I, it was all meant to be, you know? I guess. And I guess that's the excuse, like, the Watcher picked this team because he knew, it was like a Doctor Strange moment, like he knew exactly this had to happen. But also, the last episode, he was like, I've seen everything that could ever happen and ever will happen and ever could happen, but <laughs> he said, but what the hell is this? And it's like, oh, yeah. so, I love if that. That, so if that threw you off, then how do you then know this is the exact team you need to get this exact outcome? Because either you know everything or you don't. This is a difference between having... People write a show and want to follow in the footsteps of some other people that wrote something that was really great that worked and just not do as good of a job. It's really yeah. what it comes down to for me. Yeah. Um, the concept works when it's executed properly, but I don't know. So basically the whole episode is them fighting Ultron. He confronts them in a universe that didn't have any intelligent life on it, so he didn't attack it. Uh, and T'Challa, you know, steals the soul stone from him, um, you know, with his sticky fingers, you know, as a joke about Star-Lord and all that stuff. Um, I did find it interesting. I liked that, that, that strange Supreme teleported in a zombie horde, um, to kind of overwhelm Ultron. I'm glad they used that as one of the story elements. And then you had Wanda Maximoff, you know, zombified to kind of distract him for a bit. Um, yeah and then i just (laughs) i love like hey we stole the soul stone so let me just toss it to you in the air uh and somehow natasha romanoff is able to catch it you know mid throw uh perfect timing and all um just i don't know this episode was weird i feel very weird about it yeah it's just like no thought was put into this i feel like Everything was just kind of slapped all together. Um, at this point, I mean, I don't know if it's featured in the episode we didn't see, but Gamora has like a a machine that is maybe powered by the Soul Stone, and it can be used to destroy the Infinity Stones. And that 
was like not really it was like kind of hand waved over i was like wait what what like did they ever say they needed the soul stone to power it did you catch that i i just didn't follow it yeah i didn't i i mean at this point i was like like none of this was making sense and none of it ended up making sense and so i was just like sure a machine that can kill the kill the infinity stones i guess and but then even that it's like Without the context of the previous episode, that was an idiotic time-wasting addition because it turns out it couldn't even destroy the the Infinity Stones. Right, because they were from a different universe. Insane! So that was useless, which is weird because, you know, technically they hadn't said in this show or in, in the MCU that the Infinity Stones don't work outside of their home universe. That was a comic thing. The only reason the Infinity Stones didn't work in the TVA because the TVA was outside of time and space. So it wasn't technically a different universe. Mm -hmm. It was just in the TVA, things work differently. So I was reading a post about that, how someone was like, they never actually said that Infinity Stones don't work out of their home universe. Um, But in this episode, it's kind of saying that, essentially. Well, I don't... I I disagree with that, Maybe not. Because Ultron is traveling throughout the universes using the stones. So oh, that's right. You're right. I'm wrong. 100%. So I th- so I think uh yeah, I think it's but but that makes even less sense then. <laughs> because the infinity crusher doesn't work. Yeah, right. it's like why does one work and the other one right. doesn't? So I think that's what was confusing my brain there. Yeah. Which made me say that because I'm like, why would the infinity crusher not work? Yeah, it makes um, no sense at all. So I guess that kind of goes to the part where, you know, they're fighting and Doctor Strange basically has spells on all of them so that they basically have a power boost because he's the strongest one by, like, light years. It's, like, not even funny how much stronger he is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Agent Carter helps Black Widow shoot Ultron with Arnim Zola, um, uh, Arrow, and Zola then wipes Ultron's mind and kind of takes over his body, um, which, okay, yeah okay and (laughs) yeah i guess (laughs) of course like they already were seeding the fact that eric killmonger was gonna backstab everybody which at this point i'm just like oh my god can you be like more like one-dimensional please um like i'm just gonna always just fuck over everybody for myself um that's one thing i don't like that they did with his character it really bothers me because i feel like he was actually really interesting in black panther well wait Um, but didn't he but in this episode didn't he his purpose was like he was going to do the tony stark sacrifice right so he wanted to use the stones to make all the wrongs quote unquote in his mind in across all the different multiverses right and so it's like any little problem that he saw he's like we can use the stones to then like get what he thought they deserved Mm -hmm. and so it's 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 kind of like one of those questions where it's like I don't know, like, do you do you fix every quote-unquote problem? And, like, what is a problem? And what is supposed to happen? What is not supposed to happen? And is everything supposed to be just be perfect in your life? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, I, I don't hate that. I mean, I'm on, I'm on record as kind of being uh, Team Killmonger. I think the only reason I really don't like it is because his, like, greed in trying to make everything go right led to more problems with Ultron and the Zola and and all this fighting, right? He thought he understood everything and could fix everything, but then the stones just get pulled away from him 
and his delay caused them to, you know, have to fight them more. Just yeah, I guess. But over. but would anybody in that group have? I mean, I guess what was the alternative? Like, I don't believe any of those characters would be smart enough to immediately just go snap. Everything's back to normal. Blimey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So basically, after Killmonger steals the stones for himself, um, Zola fights him over them and Strange and the Watcher end up sealing Eric Killmonger and Arnim Zola in a pocket dimension, which Strange then just has to agree to watch over for the rest of existence. <laughs> which is literally like... the Watcher's only job. Right. Like, why <laughs> Why is Doctor Strange doing this? Like, couldn't you just be watching this forever? I don't know. Yeah. But I think we can definitively say that this Doctor Strange is not the one we're getting in Spider-Man. I really don't think it's the same. Oh, I mean, I I strongly disagree. I think it 100% guaranteed, no question in my mind, is the same Doctor Strange that we're getting in Spider-Man. We have a lot of questions that are going to be answered by this movie. I'm I'm really excited about it. I mean, we certainly have a lot of questions. My fear is almost none of them are going to be answered by this movie, though. And, you know, it's funny because as the weeks go by, there's like more and more shit that gets piled on top of this. Of course, with Venom two, yeah, and the post credit scene, like we're just there's more and more that's getting stacked onto this film that has no way of satisfying all of the expectations that are being put on it. Did you see? We probably should have talked about this in news. I probably should remember to bring this up in news, but apparently, um, and I don't believe this at all. But apparently, there was a rumor slash leak slash whatever. That Sony does not want this to be the last time Toby and Andrew are back in the movies, and they want to build up to basically their own big movie um, where the villain would be, I think his name's Krull. It's like the king of the symbiotes. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, which would obviously... If, if Marvel announced that, I would... Be I would have a permanent erection, but like Sony, uh, why do we have to? Why, yeah, I don't understand. I know they just need to buy all of Sony and just be like, listen, stop fucking with our fun time. Yes, yes, they do. Because I feel like Venom in the MCU would be really cool. But not the Venom that are in the movie. Yes, too. correct. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, I'm so tired. Sony just, I just, I don't understand how you can be so inept and just so stupid. Like, Marvel's like, hey, make this deal with us. We'll produce your shit and you'll get a bunch of money from it. And they're still like fucking it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It is gonna unfortunate. Agree, but people go see the movie, so that's why I'm refusing to go see Venom 2. Yes. Um, though I was told by a couple people this weekend that it's better than the first one, and I was like, well, I'd hope so. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Turns out my breakfast this morning was better than my shit. Um, <laughs> I so. mean, weird. Uh... 
It is a weird, weird it's metaphor, weird but all right. I would like to clarify, I didn't eat my shit. Um, <laughs> you, you eat, eat pieces, pieces of shit of, for breakfast? Pieces of shit for breakfast. That's all <laughs> I was thinking of. That's where that analogy came from. I'm so glad I just realized that. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so all of that aside, at the end, the Watcher returns Doctor Strange, uh, Captain Carter, T'Challa, Gamora, Thor to their respective universes. Um, and I think even Captain Carter, she like she didn't want to go back or whatever. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, Black Widow refuses to return to hers because she's like the only person alive somehow. Yeah, right. Um, I really think there's probably got to be a few more people there, Natasha, but whatever. Um, and so the Watcher, this was actually my favorite part of the episode. The Watcher brings her to the episode universe where all the Avengers were assassinated. And... Loki had come and like started taking over Earth because all the Avengers got killed by Hank Pym. And she immediately joins in fighting with Nick Fury, who's fighting against all like the Frost Giants or the Asgardians, whatever the fuck, uh, who are under the control of Loki. And she joins the fight to defeat Loki um, in that universe. And I was like, you know what? That was like the, the coolest part of this episode was just like seeing her get dropped in there. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that Nick Fury immediately was like, mm, you're not my Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, who, yeah. Who are you? Yeah, I like that, too. Um, and I will say, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. You know, we're continuing, my fiance and I, we're continuing our, our watch through of the MCU in chronological order. And earlier this week, we actually watched Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And so it was really nice timing that the opening of this episode was seeing the events of Winter Soldier happen, only it was Captain Carter instead of Steve Rogers. Yeah, I immediately... Um, I mean, I, I was worried that I was like, what is it with this character specifically that they have to do beat-by-beat, scene-by-scene recreations of like the original movies? But they, but they got away from that pretty quickly. But I was yeah. a little worried. Yeah, it was it was surprising to me when it popped up. And I was like, what is, this is not where I was expecting this episode to start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and so yeah, that that was interesting, but they really really seem to just love recreating scenes and and switching them up a bit, which I, I didn't get either. They really love Captain Carter. They just really yeah, love They him. really do. Um, which goes to show there is actually a mid credit scene, um, from this episode, uh, which shows, um, Peggy Carter, Ca Captain Carter returning to her universe and she, uh, is back on the ship from the beginning of the episode, uh, the Lemurian star or whatever it's called, which I always thought was a cool episode of, or a cool title for a ship. Um, and her and Black Widow from her universe discover the Hydra Stomper armor with someone inside hidden on the boat. And that was what Batroke the Leaper and his terrorists were actually after in her universe, which goes to show that maybe Steve Rogers is going to come back and that we're going to have to suffer through another Captain Carter episode. Yeah, which, like, who cares? He's yeah. like... And so I was like, this is, like, I was really hoping a mid credit scene would show some universe expansion of some sort or some more multiversal craziness. And instead we got a callback to the very first episode 
which was the worst episode of the entire show. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hope they get their shit together for season two. I feel like we are in a toxic relationship with this show right now because we are nine episodes in and we're both just like, oh, I hope it gets better. <laughs> yeah, true. At some point, I think we're just going to have to accept it as it is. I don't know. Yeah. But that was what if the watcher broke his oath? Sure was an episode. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So we are expecting another season of Marvel's What If. Uh, as far as I was reading, it seems like we will get that episode with Gamora and, and Tony in it, which like will be kind of lame in retrospect, I feel like. Yeah. So I don't know why we're doing that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if I have anything else I want to say at this point, but I do want us to rate this episode and season one. Mm. Is there anything you want to say before we jump into it, though? Uh, not really. I mean, the substance didn't, the substance, this episode did not have a whole lot of substance. So I, uh. I don't know. Yeah, it was like it yeah, didn't... it was it was basically just like action sequences. Yeah, and there was nothing super surprising about most of it. Yeah, it was uh, it was fine. Uh, you know, I think I think I'm gonna agree with what I predicted last week. It was fine, but disappointing. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree with that too. I would agree. I watched it twice. I, I thought there was some cool animation stuff like that. Yeah, but the animation has never been the problem. Yes. You know, for sure. So, um, all right, let's rate this bitch as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast. We rate our episodes, movies, whatever it is we're talking about out of six whole unadulterated Infinity Stones. So we're going to start off rating the episode. Then we'll jump over to season one of Marvel's What If. Eric, what do you give this episode out of six Infinity Stones? I... Probably like a three. I don't know. I'm, I'm right there with you, bud. I'm right there with you. I, I wrote down three question mark. So I feel yeah. like we're lockstep there. It was just, it was fine. Yes. But it should have been a lot better. Yes. 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 It definitely should have been a lot better. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel weird. Like, I, I normally have so much more to say, but it's just this was so mediocre in every possible way. The more we <laughs> talk about it, I feel like it's more of a two. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I go. I'm, I mean, it was cool. I it's a three solely for the fact that they finally fucking like brought these together and it wasn't just one offs. Yeah, it took way too long. Though. Yeah, way I will too say, long. like, over the last two episodes, I thought there were some cool visuals with Ultron, and it really... Excuse me. Um, it really made me feel like it was like, this is what we could see with Galactus in the future. And I think I saw someone else online oh, talking yeah. about that. Like, there was just some cool visuals where it's like, he was, like, gigantic in the middle of space, and I was like, this is what Galactus could look like. And I really was excited about that. Um, but like the last episode was way better than this one. Yeah, I agree with that. And so it's just that's really disappointing because you want the last episode to kind of be at that same level. 
Yeah, or better, ideally. Yeah. Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, so threes across the board for episode nine. Let's rate all nine episodes together as a whole season. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Uh. I mean... I'm still thinking of my number. I'm still thinking. I think I'm going to go a three as well for, for this season. It's just like... It was... It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. <laughs> like, Yikes. Like, yeah, so I guess a three. It's just the most average, mediocre... I don't You know what? I'm going to give this a two. Wow. wow. I'm, I, I just, I'm trying really hard to write things and use the scale. And like, I don't think this got 50% for me. If I'm, if I'm grading it like a, like a paper. And I know that's not how I always use the, the rating scale. Yeah. Um, but it just, I, I'll never watch this season again. Yeah, I mean, same, but I'll never watch any of the seasons that we've watched ever again. But I guess we're we're very different in that way. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, just, I mean, it, it wasn't... It just left me wanting so much more almost yeah. every single episode. Yeah. So it's like, like, Captain Carter, I didn't like. The T'Challa Star-Lord episode was fine. That was decent. Like, the, the Lost the Mightiest Heroes one, like, interesting. Doctor Strange... You know, a lot of repeat stuff. Zombies is kind of what you expected. Had some good humor. The Killmonger one was just like, Thor, party Thor. I was like, oh my God. Okay, this is like ridiculous. The Ultron was like the height for me. The last one was the Ultron one. And it didn't have a good conclusion. It just, I wanted more from this. Yeah. Didn't quite get it. It just, it just didn't do it for me. So two out of six. Can't believe I'm saying it, but I am going to stick with it. All righty. Um, looking out, before we jump over to, to recommendations, we just reached the end of Marvel's What If, so we will be going on a brief break, but we'll be back at the start of November to talk about Eternals, what we think is going on there. Um, and then the following week, we'll have our Eternals episode. So we'll have a little bit of a break between you know shows and movies here, and then we'll be right back into it. Um, to talk about Eternals and then Hawkeye and Spider-Man. There's a lot of stuff coming up towards the end of the year, so should be pretty exciting stuff. Um, but let's jump over to recommendations. I will go first this week. I'm yeah. going to recommend what you shouldn't do this week. <laughs> okay, and this involves my trip to No Time to Die at the movie theater. I paid for the more expensive movie theater, you know, bigger screen, better sound. My fiance and I are sitting down in the movie theater. And first of all, okay, I already talked about the whole, you know, trailer thing, whatever. That was worse already. Two people sit next to us. And these are on like leather reclining chairs that you can like have heat on and everything. They're fancy as fuck. They take off their shoes and socks. Oh. And lay barefoot on their chairs next to us. And then they're on like Snapchat and shit the entire time during the Dude, movie. Dude, you should have murdered those people. <laughs> like literally. That is why. They had their bare ass stinky feet just floating the entire time. Yeah. 
and then on their phone. Oh my god. Yeah, that's why I fucking hate movie theaters because people are the worst, like absolutely the worst. Dude, I couldn't believe it. I can absolutely I, I can 100% believe that shit. It was ridiculous. Ugh, that is just, like, that is so fucking annoying. Who takes their shoes off at a movie theater? I don't know. I would have taken their shoes and thrown them at the screen. Oh my <laughs> Just be like, go find these. Seriously, bitch. though, like, like, even in like normal times, that's ridiculous. But like, we're technically still in like pandemic times, right? If you want to call it that, post-pandemic times. I know people are still real sick, so it's just like even more so now. That's unacceptable than it would already be in the first place. Which is already 100% unacceptable. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, dude, like, who is, like, their their feet are going up there like, you know what I need to do? I need to let these puppies fly wild, you know? It's, oh, you disgusting, filthy animal. Insane. That is that is actually insane. That, like, oh, my God. You should be allowed. You should theater. be allowed to fist fight people. Like they should bring back the duel. You don't have to kill anybody, but you. No, they, they, we can kill them. I mean, okay. sure, but like I'm trying to be, <laughs> I'm trying to be less extreme for a general audience here. We should just bring back the duel in general. But if people don't want to deal with that, just you should just be able to say, "I challenge you to a duel right now," and you should just be able to fist fight people for any reason. And if they and if they decline, then say okay, but you have to leave because you're a bitch. And then that, just, that would like, solve so many problems in society. If you're gonna be on your phone in the middle of a movie theater, you're a piece of shit with your brightness on, way too fucking bright. Just don't go. Yeah, you're the biggest piece of shit. Everyone hates you. I've said it multiple times. We both said this multiple times. But uh, literally, everyone hates you. Your mom probably hates you. Your mom probably regrets that you were born, and you're uh, you're the worst and then you person. Take your imaginable. socks off, like you have to get your shoes and socks back on at the end of the film. I mean, Satan is sharpening his pitchfork, waiting for your stupid ass arrival. I just, dude, I'm just ridiculous. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe. It. I literally fucking. But then, hate like, those here's people. here's like the awkwardness of like like being in a in a world where you can't deal with someone. It's like if you start yelling at this person, then you're sitting next to him for another two and a half hours. That's why and you then, should be able to fist fight them. Right. It's like so uncomfortable, and so it's just oh, dude, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, I'm I'm really feeling some Eric feelings right now. Yeah, theaters are the fucking worst because there are those people. In every single movie theater, for every movie that exists now, it's insane. You people are fucking animals. I it's mean, insane. Fifteen dollars a person to go to the movies, and all these people they just don't have the attention span to just put their phone down for a couple hours. And it's just like, dude, I hate you. It's fucking nuts. It's all actually right, fucking nuts. I'm done. I'm I'm getting too angry now. Yeah. No, but that I mean angry. that is literally why I hate movie theaters so much because it's for me, it's like it sounds like you generally don't have that experience. I've had that experience not with the shoes. That's insane. But like yeah, I've the had the shoes put me over the edge. Dude. Yeah. But like put me right over the edge. 
I've I've had just that kind of experience the last probably like 10 times I've attempted to go see a movie. I'm just fucking sick of it. I'm just sick yeah. of it. It's not worth oh me God. spending my money to be enraged for two hours. Because oh I can't. Hold on one second. Okay. Hold on one second. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Sorry about that. No, you're Mid-rant, good. Mid-rant, I cut you off. No, I, I think I, I, I mean, I, I think I was, uh, I think I was good. It's just, Dude, it just it's infuriating. Just, yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Bring all movies to a uh, same day. Make them $30. It doesn't matter. You're spending that much anyways. I would pay like. <sighs> I mean, that's how much our tickets cost. And then yeah. You buy a couple beers. And then yeah. That's like, uh, like $10 a piece. So, yeah. yeah. It's like, it doesn't have to, there are ways they can obviously make this work. But it's like, theaters are not it. Stupid. So much, so much emotion in me right now. Yeah. But that is my recommendation of what not to do. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really have a recommendation this week. I have not, uh, finished any of the things I am consuming. So I and and the one thing I started I don't like I start I tried watching um, Raised by Wolves on HBO Max and it seems like the kind of show that I would like it's about like these biological humans being raised by androids and man that first episode was fucking awful so I'm not going to continue watching it. Uh, which is really surprising because it's like an HBO show. I really thought it was going to be better. Um, Interesting. They said it. Yeah, they said the series got generally positive reviews. It was an ass. I, like I can't wow. imagine. Like maybe one of the worst sci-fi properties I've tried watching in like a really long time. Since the first two episodes were directed by Ridley Scott. Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm just not a Ridley Scott fan. I don't know. But he is wildly inconsistent. Yeah, it's uh, it was v- really, really, really bad. So I would not recommend that at all unless you want to be really disappointed. I will recommend. So I picked up from the grocery store a couple weeks ago a bottle of official. I did not know this was in existence. It was uh, official Buffalo Wild Wings. Mango habanero sauce, which is by far my favorite sauce from Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, it is hot as fuck, so if you don't like hot stuff, don't bother. But if you do like hot stuff, it's delicious, and I've been putting that shit on absolutely everything. It's been amazing. I've been loving it. Um, Say what you will about Buffalo Wild Wings. Their sauces are good. Yeah, they're amazing. They're, they are varied, and they are all really good. Um, and yeah, so you can buy the sauce from the grocery store now, and that is their best sauce for sure. So if you're a fan of spicy things, keep an eye out for that and put it on everything. I put it on a, uh, a a turkey burger I made last night. It was incredible. So fucking good. Yeah, it was so fucking good. Um, yeah, so I guess don't, don't watch Raised by Wolves and get some mango habanero sauce. That's my recommendation. And boycott Boom. movie theaters. Got it all. <laughs> we got it all. I will say, uh, if we're going to do food recommendations, if, if any of y'all have a Costco membership, mm. um, you know, over by where you can get the, like the, uh, what do you call those? Just like the, the chickens. What do you call those? Rotisserie chickens? 
rotisserie chicken. Thank yep. you. Um, sometimes they'll have like like seasoned drumsticks that you can get. Those are great. Oh, but if they don't have those, they usually have like a container of like pre-seasoned drumsticks that have like a bunch of really good seasonings and like a sauce on them. Highly, highly, highly recommend picking Ooh. those up if you're trying to make like a good dinner. Um, because I will pick those up and then like cook them all in the oven. And I don't know what the seasonings are they put on them shits, but oh my God, <laughs> is it delicious. Damn, that sounds amazing. And it's just nice because they give you the instructions of how long to cook it, like in the oven on there. And it's just nice and easy, nice and easy, especially in like the winter when you can't grill as easily or stuff like that. Um, so highly recommend that if you're a, a Costco person. I've been doing that lately, which is which is nice. It's easier than me. I used to season all my own like food and chicken and stuff like that on my own. And now I'm just like, shit, Costco's got it figured out. Yeah. Fuck They're yeah. Just going to use that shit, man. Love it. All righty. Let's see. If you want to reach out to us, I'm like, I'm like, where's my notes at here? <laughs> notes that tell me what to do. If you want to reach out to us, hit us up on Twitter at Infinity Rewatch or shoot us an email at the Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com. I realized I had one more recommendation that I wrote down in my notes. Fuck Twitch. Okay, my shit got leaked in their leak, and I got spam emails and uh, subscribed to a million different subscriptions over the past like couple of days. What? To the point in which I had to get a new email address. What? Yep. Holy so, shit. Um, had to change all my passwords and shit, and like, oh my god, I was stressing out. I have like fifty-seven spam uh spam emails uh that are telling me I got subscribed to some fucking uh you know subscription list or some shit and um yeah yeah I was freaking out I actually got an email this is crazy I'm going to I'm going to bring this email up I went to sleep okay and I got an email from Walmart and it says Hello, Thomas. Thank you for your order of Lego Star Wars A-Wing Starfighter building set, $200, uh, chocolate sandwich cookies, and whole milk, totaling $222. And I was like, uh, what? Uh, I did not buy any of this at 7 in the morning on Thursday. <laughs> and then it says, hello, Thomas. Next email. Unfortunately, our credit card and fraud avoidance team flagged this order as unusual, so we had to cancel. So <laughs> someone hacked into my Walmart account, too. Holy so, shit. Fuck Twitch. And, uh, you know, I had Twitch one time because my cousins were over the house and they wanted to watch some League of Legends shit. And I, I don't even know what it was about. You know, I'm not judging League of Legends stuff. I literally have no idea what any of that is. And uh, so I downloaded it for them and put it on the TV. And that was the only reason I had a Twitch account. And then when that huge hack happened, oh, my God, I'm I'm upsetty spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, that is that's insane. Wow. Yeah. So good times. My, that's my other recommendation is just uh, to go fuck yourself. Whoever was doing that. Yeah, it's a good one. So. We will be back in a couple weeks to talk about Eternals. Gonna take a quick break, get this bad taste out of our mouths, and uh, we'll be back once the new movie is coming out in a couple weeks. Love it, Eric. What do you think you're gonna be doing over these next couple weeks? Let's see, you know, like fucking billionaires, something like that. Yeah, I'm probably going to be finding the billionaires, uh, and then I'm going to be fucking 
the billionaires. Um, you got an extra seat in your car? Maybe I can join you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's drive around town uh, looking for billionaires to fuck. Boom. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. What day? What, what is the date? We got November 12th, I think, is when we can see Shang-Chi. Um, so we will yep. be talking about that probably. Um, I think maybe we'll have a mini episode after Eternals because we basically have Eternals and then there's a break week and then we'll start going into Hawkeye. So maybe we'll have like a mini episode for just Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Eric, what you think about it. Um, and maybe, you know, my thoughts upon a second viewing because I've only seen it once. So, yeah, yeah. Fuck Who yeah. knows? We'll see. All righty. I love it. That's a wrap. Fuck the billionaires. Do we get like a Peggy Carter? Fuck the billionaires, maybe. Fuck the billionaires. Blimey, <laughs> bloody, the blimey bloody billionaires. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Oh, my God. So dumb. <laughs>